Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who has a vast collection of vintage DC and Marvel comic books, and ironically lives in Minnesota, where his favorite NBA team, the LA Lakers, originated, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, welcome back to another episode. I am glad to be doing a solo show today. We've had a lot of interviews the last few months. I'm recording this podcast around the middle of August. August 12th, 2020, I believe we'll be having it released in about two and a half weeks or so. So it'll be interesting to see where things go. Now, I have to confess, I am not someone who tends to be really super cheery, optimistic-y type person, although I certainly um, have have overall... Um, good outlooks for things. But I, I tend to, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you probably know I, I lean more on the analytical side. So I tend to be more cautious, more conservative. It's kind of interesting when you think about some of my, my business ventures, those are anything but conservative but maybe that's just a control freak coming out of me. Anyhow, I, I'm not one to, um, even I have the analytical nature and, and maybe be a little more, more biased to cautious and conservative. On the other hand, I'm not one to very often issue dire warnings, but I do have one for us to talk about today. And it can feel a little sometimes like you're you're the uh, the boy crying wolf or the chicken saying that the sky is falling when you, you say these sorts of things. And I hope I don't become someone who repeats repeats it over and over again. But I do feel that there is a storm brewing. As we look at the financial markets, things have pretty darn well looked like a V-shaped recovery where things went way down, they went all the way back up as of at least today. I have no idea where we're going to be at in a couple of weeks from now. But um, paper assets, financial assets are looking pretty good. Uh, as we look at the, the real economy with the coronavirus, we have some pretty bad-looking stuff, GDP, falling. We've had two consecutive quarters of GDP falling, which is the classic definition of a recession. Unemployment numbers have spiked and have started to come down. So there's been some good news on the unemployment front. Um, but where my concern with is with real estate. In my opinion, real estate is really one of the biggest drivers of wealth. One of the biggest ways that um, people try and partake in appreciation. One of the biggest ways that that um, people have jobs, whether you're a realtor 
or a carpenter or a, a mason or a mortgage broker or whatever. There, there's a huge, huge um, business around real estate. And so um, where we're at right now with real estate, particularly two, two categories, one being office buildings, the other being personal residences. Now, most of this talk today is going to be on personal residences. I do want to briefly address office as an area for concern. And um, I don't have any statistics to back this up like we're going to talk about with residential mortgages, but I think there's probably an even bigger bubble in office right now than there is in, in residential. And um, office, if you think about it, I mean, so many of us are working from home. I'm sure as a physician, maybe um, if you're not doing surgeries, you're doing um, patient meetings over Zoom or whatever software that your your clinic or or um, practice has available. And so there's less and less office space that's being needed. On top of that, you have a lot of small businesses going bankrupt, restaurants especially, retail uh, type places, malls are under fire. And so... Um, I knew that at least at one point, I'm not sure now, but like the Mall of America was delinquent for a couple of months. They hadn't didn't pay their mortgage. I'm not sure where that's at today, but I think that just gives you the, the idea of how bad it is to own commercial real estate right now, which on one hand um, leads to some big potential opportunities. But on the other hand, in the short term, if you're someone that has that kind of real estate, man, what... What a, a tough journey that can be. I mean, gosh, the, um, you think about physicians that, that have a surgery center and couldn't do surgeries. You think about um, doctors who, who maybe own the building they practice in and not able to see patients. And that's just in the physician world. So I think there's a lot of opportunity coming up in this area, but I think we're going to be seeing some huge repricing in the, the commercial area, particularly if things don't improve drastically in the next few weeks. Now, um, there are signs of that. I think we, we have to look at some of the good things and not just focus on some of this bad stuff. We got a lot of vaccines that are being researched. Russia came out just yesterday and supposedly said that they, they have a vaccine that they think works. Excuse me, yawning a couple of times here today. And so if we get back to normal economic activity and, and airports and airplanes and people are traveling and flying and going to restaurants and all that kind of stuff again, certainly this increase in economic activity can be great for office and good for the individual consumer. Um, and we're seeing signs of more hiring. You look at some of the jobs numbers, jobs numbers improved uh, markedly. I think that the statistic was something like a million jobs were, were added last month. 
which a big chunk of them were government. I, th I think it was 200K. Don't quote me on that. I'd have to double check the, the numbers, but it was a very significant number. So hopefully that trend continues and perhaps some of these, these warnings that I'm issuing may not come to pass. Now, residential real estate, I'm gonna link in the show notes this report from Black Knight. Black Knight is a company that specifically monitors mortgages. And they put out a report, excuse me, they put out a report every single month. They don't usually do it until the third or fourth week of um, the month after the month that the, the uh, report has been issued. So for example, the June report didn't come out until the third week in July. And that's what I'm looking at and what I'm going to be discussing today. So the July report should be out by the time this podcast comes out. So we'll see where that lies. And that um, here's what they said in the report. They said that they um, really focus on delinquency rates in the June report. Um, on the other hand, they talked about the record low interest rate environment, that there is a soaring number of refinancing and prepayments, because gosh, um, that is super low. They talk in here about geographical analysis of home, home affordability and whatnot. But where I want to spend some time on today is delinquencies. So the delinquency rate sharply, sharply, sharply went way up beginning in April, May, and June. The, um, if you look at the prior crisis, where, which was specifically real estate-based, the delinquency rate of mortgages back in June of 2007 was around 4%. By 2008, around June, so about one year later, a whole year, it was at about 7.5%. So from June of 2007 to June of 2008, the delinquency rates jumped up 3% within that time period, maybe even 3.5%. You look at this time, delinquency rates jumped from around um, March of, or February, rather, of 2020 was 3%. It jumped four and a half plus percent, almost 5% within a period of two months. Two months, we're at about an 8% delinquency rate. So one year to build up to that versus two months that's just the kind of financial situation that we're in. Now, the delinquency rates um, can go up and down on a monthly basis. And even at that time, you know, they would pop up and then they go down, then they pop up again. It spiked all the way up above 10% by around August of 2009. And then it just fell, 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 fell all the way until 2017. And so we've been at a um, low. The lowest actually was this year, around February 2020. We hit that 3% mark. And um, 
on delinquencies. So if you look at, at the, the real estate out there, approximately 50% of residential um, houses have no mortgage, 50%, none. Another 50%, of course, do. Of that 50%, that's the delinquencies that we're talking about here today. Now, what's happened is, of course, you have the rising delinquencies, but there's no, no foreclosures because there is a federal foreclosure moratorium that's in place. So the foreclosure inventory is going down, 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 down 4 to, down to 4.21%. That's the lowest on record, 192,000 homes, the lowest on record back to 2,000. So we have this, this foreclosure backlog that is getting bigger and bigger and bigger as there are more and more delinquencies and in a short spiked time period. And if you look at 90-day delinquencies, they kind of were flatlined at around 500,000. And now, as of at least as the end of June, it was pushing towards 2 million. So four times the number it has been on 90 days plus delinquent uh, without going through foreclosure. And so as we look at the July report and the August report and September report, this is what could lead to a housing bubble bursting, which could then lead to something similar of what we saw in 2008, 2009, at least in my opinion. And so um, we're going to have potentially a lot of foreclosures going through. Now, am I saying that if you are looking to buy a house, don't do it? Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I think that that if you are buying, particularly if it's for your residence, you're going to live there for a long time. These price swings don't matter in the big scheme of things, particularly with interest rates being so stinking low. Gosh, we have 10-year treasuries that are yielding like 0.6%, 0.6% for 10 years, and mortgage rates that are 3 to 4%. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But if you are an investor and you are looking to invest in property. Um, this because of this foreclosure inventory that's likely to, to hit the market. Who knows when? Maybe September, maybe October, maybe November, maybe December, but I do feel this is a coming storm. As I look at this report here, what they say is that month to month, the national delinquency rate improved for the first time in a few months, falling to quote-unquote 7.6%, which again, we talked about earlier, is still horrible. It was at 3%, and it's way more than double that. It said, well, past due mortgages fell by $98,000. Serious delinquencies rose by 1.2 million. 1.2 million, and that's that 2 million number we were just talking about. So in my opinion, um, be very, very careful of what you're looking at. I think that um, should the sky be falling, be holding on, to, holding on to your cash, my friends, if you are someone that likes to invest in real estate. Whether we're talking office or residential, this, my friends, could be the opportunity of a lifetime we've been talking about. So far, that hasn't materialized. 
because supply has been so low. But man, when this egg turns, when when this situation turns and these mortgages that are delinquent and, and being foreclosed on come to market, we could have this glut of supply. And a glut leads to a drop in prices. When their market is oversaturated with so much supply, prices drop. You see this in virtually any kind of market you can think about. So um, great time to sell real estate, great time to get ready to look at buying. Be aware, my friends, of this coming storm. Keep your eyes open for opportunities. Um, I, I will point out that as you look at the, um, the delinquencies and, and stuff like that, certain markets are far more attractive than others. So as you go across the country, um, certain, certain markets, of course, are, are more affordable. Certain markets have swung in price more than others. Certain ones have more delinquencies than others. So um, let's see if I can find that data for what has the most delinquencies. So here's, here's the top states in terms of delinquencies. Missouri, Louisiana, New York, New Jersey, Hawaii, Alaska. Those are, are the top delinquency states. Some of the, the lower delinquency states where maybe this is not going to be an issue. Idaho, Washington, Montana, South Dakota, Oregon, North Dakota, Colorado, Iowa, Minnesota, Utah. So those markets are strong relative in the delinquency numbers. They may not have as strong of an impact as perhaps some of the other states that we listed. Of course, this can all change um, as time goes on. And I encourage you to keep an eye on these reports from Black Knight. Uh, I will link to them in the show notes, link to this report in the show notes, and we'll see what happens the next few months. And um, keep an eye on the long-term trend and keep an eye on those opportunities. And remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated life.